Good Sunday morning and welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkie Sunday Rise. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG sitting in with the man that pays all the bills, writes all the checks, keeps the lights on. And he has refurbished our studios with new furniture. The boss BJ. The most incomparable, undefeated, unmatched, undisputed, un un the midnight rider. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on, fellas? Doing this morning. Slow morning, oh, man. Slow morning. Oh, yeah. I, I will say that, and it is a slow morning. But we got moves that need to be talked about. BJ, how you feeling, man? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm watching Tyreek Hill replay of him casually pulling up to uh. UST, uh, USATF and just blowing people out. <laughs> so, I know that suck. Yeah, you like, yeah, I'm the best in the country. And all of a sudden, Tyree Hill shows up and you like, uh, the fuck? <laughs> you know what's crazy? This dude, good thing it's a you know 60 and not a 100. Yeah, you know what's crazy? He could actually bring a, a spark to track and field. Just doing, you know, because they, everywhere he go, they're going to follow him, you know, so. And if you think about it, we don't have those big track and field stars like the Flojos, the Jackie Joyner Curses, the Gale Divas. Um, we don't have those anymore. The Maurice Greens, the uh, what was the um the other dude? Um, Michael, Michael, Michael. Uh, damn, I can't. Even, at one point in time, Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson. We don't have those. We don't have those anymore. You know, we have uh one, but she is uh. She's kind of talked herself out of the spotlight, so. And she's not a star, so that we we stopped that right now. Well, she was a star in college, so you know once those you know big boy runners, big girl runners came up, everything changed. Night, you you heard very little from her as of lately, so. Uh, nah. Just- don't, don't don't do that just yet because the men's 200 with um i think it's like noah Lyles and there's another young guy they just they just too young right now that's the only issue is i think both of these brothers are like nights in their 20s early 20s so they haven't had a chance to to grow in the scene so don't 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 be too worried about men sprinting right now we, we good men and women even without your girl shikar we're gonna be all right so definitely don't worry about that hmm let me tell you something. When you talk about women, women's track, when you talk about men's track, I remember at one point in time, nobody was beating the U.S. But it's just like basketball. The world has caught up. And it's starting to surpass because you've seen all of those greats from the 90s and everything. You've seen all of those guys. You emulated their games and you got better. And you kind of move up, you know. So it's it's bound to happen. But man, I just wanted to go back to where it was, where you could watch a track meet and never get up. You you never got away from the TV because it was just good. You saw all the new runners. They don't even show it on TV like they used to. I thought NBC had the um the 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 sprinting package over the um all season or during the season. I, I thought they were supposed no- to. They, they normally do that every year. I've been watching the um, whatever the U.S. games and all that stuff on NBC. Man, they used to show the pin relays on NBC. Okay, I don't even know if they do the pin relays anymore. Yeah, they do. Pin relays okay. ain't going nowhere because that's always nowhere. that. That's April. You know, that's when you get right. high school, college, and you get everybody to show up. But yes, yeah, so be ready for that that hundred the 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 four by one relay because they always. Even if they don't um, show it on TV, it's always posted on YouTube. Yeah. And it's been a long time since I, I was actually at the pen relays years ago and enjoyed myself. But it's been a long time since I actually seen it. So, fellas, we got to throw this. This is one of the things we got to get into because I was going to skip over this, not realizing that I, it was not done on purpose. But Carolina made a huge move. We talked about it on Thursday 
about what actually no that was tuesday we talked about that about chicago and their gm wanting their own quarterback and you know things like that the bears have struck a deal with the carolina panthers on friday they sent them the top pick in the 2023 draft in exchange the bears received two first future first and second round picks dj moore so the bears trade away the number one overall pick number one number one and they get back the ninth pick, the 61st pick, a first round pick in 2024, a second round pick in 25, and DJ Moore. So they address one issue. You got Justin Fields, a receiver. Now it's too early to say who won it, but just thoughts and opinions on this trade. I start with the boss BJ and the Midnight Rider to finish it out. Well, this gives Carolina a legit reason to be out the uh, Lamar Jackson sweepstakes because they just got the number one pick and they can address uh, their needed quarterback. So they actually have a legit reason, um, you know, just something we've been talking about the last couple of shows with that Lamar Jackson situation. Um, you know, I like the the getting Justin Fields a weapon. Uh, it's too it's too early to call who won the trade. I mean, on. On paper, it looks like the Bears are doing a, the right thing, trying to rebuild. But then it doesn't matter who you have a receiver if you can't stay upright. Like, they <laughs> – it doesn't – you know, it is – um, I mean, look, they, they, they move back to the ninth pick. They're still going to be top wagyu there as far as offensive linemen. So they can possibly still get – somebody to help that line. It's a lot of teams that need line help, but, you know, DJ Moore come in and they, the crazy thing is it's not like he's had quarterback stability in Carolina. He's going there with the yardage he has now. He's the Bears all-time leading receiver. That is with 5,000-something yards. That's stupid. That's absolutely crazy, and I think he's behind Sweetness and Matt Forte in receptions. What what he had what he's done in Carolina so that like you know if you're a Bear Bears fan you're excited because you got absolutely nothing from Chase Claypool, um, and I'll, I'll say that over and over again, Juju and Chase Claypool are, are at best third slot receivers. They're not nobody's ones or twos. They need guys that can help get them open. So um, I like the deal. I just hope the Bears address the line issue, um, you know, and I don't know how the, yeah, the first and second round picks the next – was it next year? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because if you think about it, I, I feel like Carolina's still going to finish bottom 20. Whoever they get, you know, they, they got to come in. I don't I don't think that team's ready to, to make a leap. They were, they were in the NFC South race, but – I don't know. I I don't know if they're ready to make that leap. So you you potentially could get another top 15 first round pick. I mean, you know, it could work out for Chicago. What you got, Midnight Rider? So let's stay on your first point or your last point. Um, Quarterbacks in the NFC South. Right now, whoever they draft is either the second or third best quarterback in that division. So you end up in a situation where actually it's second. Because I don't believe in Desmond Ritter, so so it's it's Carr, whoever Carolina selects, Ritter, and then whoever's left. Um, in terms of the deal, I think Carolina wins on only one reason and one reason alone. It's because David Tepper, and I think I've said this here many times, came into this all season saying he needed the quarterback. He's had he's he used to be part owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, so he was used to Big Ben. When he got to Carolina, he struggled because he was on the back end of Cam. And then you had this Darnold um, situation, and then you had a little Baker Mayfield in there. So I knew for a fact that this was, if we don't get a quarterback, somebody's head going to roll. And I don't care whose head it is, but somebody going to get the heck out of here because I need a quarterback. So then – I don't know who it was. It may have been you, BJ, but somebody stole my thunder because I thought I was going to walk in here and drop a bombshell on everybody and be like, you know, because he had been Roethlisberger, C.J. Stroud makes the most sense to me for this team. But the second I turned on the web, it looked like everybody was on the same thought process that I was on. So I'm not even breaking any news. 
I can't even get my um Adam Schefter on this morning because everybody done Schefter me before. So before I got to Schefter. So I think it's CJ Stroud, just because he's the big strapping quarterback. Um, he has some mobility, not a lot. He's not gonna be somebody you run first. Uh and then I think Bryce Young goes second to Houston. So I think we kind of have the first two picks out of the way. And now number three becomes the hotbed spot for either a trade or a move. Go ahead, guys. You know what? You know what's so crazy? I just sit here and thought Steve Wilkes gets the same end of the deal he got when he got fired from uh, the Arizona Cardinals. They don't have a quarterback. He does a, you know, he he's coaching, gets fired. He actually almost gets Carolina to win the division. Almost. They were there. If they had any type of competent quarterback play, they probably would have beat Tampa Bay and won a division. Now he gets fired. They bring in Frank Wright, and Frank Wright gets the benefit from a number one overall pick and a franchise quarterback possibly. So just wanted to point that out once again. You well, know that's what? why you got to see the job you get. Yeah, you got to take it because you don't matter. You don't know when the next opportunity comes. You know, I, I I understand that, but it's just it's painfully obvious. You know, after it gets done over and over again, and then you know, uh, I guess the third time would be a charm for Steve Wilkes. Everybody, you know, everybody raves about how well of a you know the, the, the players love him. So why not give him a chance? If you're gonna make this move, why not give him a chance with a a quarterback, if you're admitting you don't have a quarterback, then why fire the coach? It's not the coach's fault. We all know if you don't have that certain somebody on the center, you're not going to not going anywhere. You're not doing anything. It's not it's not possible. You well, know, the way because, this, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You good? The because you know the 2000 Ravens are every 20 years. You you know that's just not you're not going to see that phenomenon. You're not going to build a, a 2000 Ravens defense. But what you can do. Is you could do what Buffalo is doing and just ride the shit out of Josh Allen and all your deficiencies and stuff. You, you make him make up for. You can have that. You could do. You can ride Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes can save you, but you can't. You, you, that position. That's how important that position is. So for him not to get for Steve Wilkes not to get a chance, at least a year or two, to take on this first round pick. Get the quarterback that you need and see what they can do. Then is 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 just crazy to me. Well, let me say this. Let's not act like. Well, first and foremost, let me jump to this. My mama says good morning to to each one of us. Uh, good morning, I hope, mama. I hope she sticks around because, like, of course, it's around that time. I got to tell that story, so I hope she sticks around for that. Um, here's the thing. You can say that the Ravens didn't have, they just had a, a defense. See, what everybody forgets, the Ravens' philosophy in 2000, Jamal got to touch the ball 20 to 25 times. Don't turn the ball over and score at least 13. Or score first, we got the rest. But everybody acts like they didn't have, they didn't have an offense the first couple of weeks. When Tony Banks sat down, and Trent Dilfer came in and became more of a game manager, they had an offense because Jamal Lewis ran wild. That was their offense. They was a ground and pound offense. They didn't have to pay. Even though they had Kadri Ishmael, uh, 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 Jermaine Lewis, um, the fuck's the other, I can't think of the other receiver, but they had guys. And then they had Brandon Stokely, I think. I think they had Brandon Stokely at that time. You had receivers. You had guys. Let's not act like they, they, they were – uh, inept offense that whole entire season. I, I, I ain't gonna. Go. They went, I'm not gonna get into this with you. It because the Giants have the same. The current Giants have the same style, but they don't have the defense. They can move the ball. They had they. If you put that the current Giants offense with the 2000 Ravens defense, they won a Super Bowl. You, you the defense is what carried that team. You you're not. You I'm not, not. No, I'm, I'm not you're saying not that. moving the ball. No, no, I'm saying you, you're talking about they. You say offense, like we offense. They had they had enough to move the ball up the field to score. That's all. But you, everybody acts like they their offense was non-existent. And I know what you get ready to say. Oh, they went five weeks. What was it? Five quarters or uh, fifty quarters without a touchdown? Yeah. Exactly. And then guess what happened? Exactly. Guess what happened? 
Tony Banks got benched. I said after Tony Banks. That was during the yeah. Tony Banks being the starter. But I understand what you're saying, but that tells you how how elite the defense was. Yes, and I, I never take anything away from the defense, was. but let's not take if, anything away from that offense. It, Washington it has the same problem the now. Table. You, they didn't Washington bring anything the to the table. Now. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Midnight Rider. Go ahead. No, no, no. I just the offense didn't bring anything to the table. Nothing. To to I mean. You think about it. If your defense says just give us thirteen, that's all I Joe need. Gibbs, you should say give me three touchdowns and a field goal. I'm gonna win a ball game for you. That's it. This defense, this offense, isn't even giving you that. They're giving you a touchdown and two field goals, and you're and they're like, oh, we good. You that's you, the you, dominance I, of the I, defense and how inept the offense was. Well, here's no, the thing. The you know how hard good. it is to score thirteen in the NFL. <laughs> Yeah, but it's just like you saying that it's like it's it's you're kind of discrediting the, the Ravens because I'm because Washington, to. the current Washington Commanders team, can give you 13 points. They're not going to Super Bowl. And guess what? Even as they good, don't have the defense. even as good. That's what I'm saying is they they have a good defense. Yeah, and I'm, that's what I'm saying. Defense. No, what I'm saying I'm not taking anything away from the defense. I'm saying hey, give the offense a little bit of credit under Trent Dilfer because they did move the ball. They Absolutely did score. Not. Absolutely not. Because what was that? Because you, you can't say on the flip side that if Trent, Trent – it was no game where they can say Trent Diffin carried us to a win. No game. He was a game there's, man. What that Tennessee game? What I'm saying is there's no game. That defense was responsible for that team winning. And you're going to see that – you're going to see that every 20 to 30 years you – it, what team can you say right now can run that formula today and win? There's no team that can run that formula right now. There's no defense strong enough to stop Pat Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, whatever quarterback uh, Kyle Shanahan puts in San Francisco. And San Francisco, got they, they have a really good defense. They could run that strategy. They, 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 the defense ain't uh, – Philadelphia showed you their defense ain't that good, mm. <laughs> you know? You get these elite defenses where you cannot move. You can't throw the either side of the field. You throw it up. Guess who's sitting back there in the safety position to pick it off? If you get the damn ball off because you got the front seven of hell in your face. I agree with that. So, no, sir, you are not going to talk about <laughs> Trent Dilfer and the Ravens offense today. You ain't going to do that today. Trent Dilfer. You going to have me out here Ubering mad as hell. Trent Dilfer is a Hall of Famer. I don't like hearing you say, no, nah, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> I got mad respect for Trent Dilfer, though, because oh, everything he went through, I got mad respect for him. I mean, now, you Trent were talking Dilfer, about. Ain't Trent Dilfer the one he said he don't respect modern quarterbacks? Yes, sir. Did he say that? Yeah. Mm. yeah. He say that. Go look, go look it up. I will. Now, we, yeah, he we said he has more respect for the older guys because um, it was it's more difficult to throw the football. Um, and these guys got it easy or something, something to that nature. I don't want to do too much to um, take away from what he said, but that's about loosely what he said. Yeah. BJ, you said something about DJ Moore coming to uh, Chicago and becoming there. You know, he's taking his stats and becoming Chicago's greatest receiver. I looked up the Chicago, uh, Chicago Bears receivers. Curtis Conway, Willie Gold. Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Brandon Marshall, Marty Booker, Harlan Hill, Bernard Berrien, Devin Hester, Johnny Morris, Johnny Knox, Tom Waddle. Ain't heard that name in a long time. Dick Gordon, Earl Bennett, Rasheed Davis, Wendell Davis, James Scott, Brandon Lloyd, Mushin Muhammad, Dennis McKinnon, Marcus like, Robinson. Jeff huh? I said, wasn't Mushin like 40 when he got to Chicago? That was like his second or third. Yeah. That wasn't a good Musha Muhammad. No, that wasn't Carolina Musha Muhammad. Bobby Ingram, Ricky Pro, Dennis Gentry. Um, 29. Yeah. Good kick returner, too. You know what all those names have in common? They have uh, one common denominator average to below average quarterback play. That's, oh, that's all those all those names across all those different areas. The best quarterback they've had before Fields was Cutler, and he was average. I mean, he had a good 
good arm, but he was an average quarterback. It wasn't nothing great about Jay Cutler. He proved it in Chicago. Yeah. So all across, and that's what I'm saying. This is like it tells you how bad and how decrepit their quarterback play has been. That you get a guy from Carolina that hasn't had a quarterback, mm-hmm. and he comes in there with the yards he has. Now he's the all-time Bears. <laughs> that's uh, man. Let me let I me throw this off. I, I thought some franchises had it bad. Maybe I need to you know, maybe you know start looking at Chicago, man. Good Sh- Chicago. Look at Chicago and the Jets. Yeah, but Chicago, the best quarterback Chicago ever had in their history had to be Sid Luckman. Sid Luckman. Jay Cutler. Yeah, it's probably Jay Cutler based on stats. Sid Luckman. <laughs> I mean, That's think about it. Yeah, you got you got. Jim McMahon, uh, you got Steve Kramer, uh, you get a little bit of Rex Grossman in there, you get Josh McCown, McCown. Um, what's the other kid they had? Uh, of course, Rex Grossman, if I didn't say that already. Um, it's it's some ugly quarterbacks in that in that stretch for Chicago. It's not pretty at all. And it's Eric Kramer. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, okay. of all time, it's Sid Luckman, Jim McMahon, everybody else. And the only reason why McMahon was up there, oh, and uh, Eric Wheeler say Mike Tomzak. Mike Tomzak was good. Here's the name I was looking for. Yeah, and that's the name I was looking for. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at their quarterbacks that they've had. Yeah, no. Jimmy Clausen, Cordell Stewart, Jason Campbell, Cade McNown, Rick Meyer, Tyler Bray, Bob Avellini. Yeah, I, I can tell you a story about Bob Avellini getting destroyed by one of the greatest defenses of all time. Peter Tom Willis, P.T. Willis. Florida State. Wasn't a great NFL player, but damn sure was a great uh, arena football player. Um, Let's not forget Vince Evans was a chicago bear one time yep you know they haven't had great uh quarterback play and they haven't had they haven't had average quarterback plays <laughs> <on both. laughs> and the only thing good listen, about trent duffer is that he was better than he shuler <laughs> that is absolutely right that's absolutely right when we draft, they said we were going to draft trent uh trent duffer i was like yeah let's get him they said oh no we're going to get he shuler at four no I don't want a Tennessee quarterback. Not the one that's wearing number 21. Oh, Lord. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> it was so bad here in Washington with Heath Shula Boy. Brian Mitchell had to bring in the plays and call the plays in the huddle because the boy couldn't call the plays. Jesus. Uh, moving right along. At least Kyler Murray can call the damn plays. Man. Yeah. I mean, you got to put him in call of duty uh, terms. He can call. That's why you had just Here we are. It's about that time of year. It's time to go dancing. Uh, locally, Howard has punched their ticket. Uh, what other local school? I think didn't didn't George Mason punch their ticket too? Did they win? I gotta look that up. Uh, we need a statistician. Now I gotta I gotta make some calls. We need a, a, a dedicated show statistician. And. Uh, hold on. I know Duke but, punched their ticket last night. Yeah, I heard that was punched. a very, very sloppy game. Very oh, sloppy that's... game. So go ahead with the Duke memories. I mean, the memories of the NCAA tournament, and I'll try to find George Mason Peace. Okay. Well, here's my thing. This is what I want you to do. This is what I, I ask did, both of you. Did you say Duke? Did you say Duke? You know, you know that word is banned from the show. <laughs> oh Lord Jesus! I'm gonna say this. Take your uh, your your. your let's start out with the best. Nah, your they lost. Best. Duke lost. They lost to Virginia. No, Duke Mason lost in the um oh, tournament. Okay. Yeah. Um, what is your best? Give me your top three best 
NCAA tournament memories? Sure. You want me to go first? Yeah, go first. One, two, and three. The Maryland Turpins 2002 National Championship. One, two, and three. Oh, okay. That makes that real easy and quick. So one, of course, is the greatest moment in history um, that sheds light on the fabric of time and reason why the sun shines in the morning is um, 93 when the North Carolina Tar Heels beat the Michigan Wolverines. That's got to be number one. Number two has to be um, oh, it's my, and I'm going to say this one because it's my first memory. Number two is Freddie Brown calling a timeout against North Carolina. Uh, that's number two. Uh, and that's only because that's probably the first memory I have of the tournament. And then um, three, I could go on and on with these, but three would be um, smart with the baseline jumper against um, Syracuse to put Indiana over the top and win the finals. And then four would be the, this is the best, right? So that's that's the four be- three best. I got my three worst, but those are the three best. Okay. We should have did that. We should have did one best and one worst because I have a one worst. What mm-hmm. year was it that? Uh, worst. And what what year was it that Chris Weber called a timeout? Ninety three. That's ninety three. That's probably that was my number it, one memory. That yeah, that was that was my worst because I almost shed tears because that was mm-hmm. when I first started really getting in the ball. Like all those guys look like me, and I was rooting for them, and that was like, no, this this can't be happening. So that's my one worse. So my one worse would be Chris Humphrey's um, half court shot to beat Carolina. Um, what was that? Twenty fourteen or something like that. Because the next year Carolina turned around and won the tournament. So whatever year they lost to the Villanova on the Chris Humphrey shot, that's the year. That's probably the worst because we shouldn't have lost to that team. Um, I think another bad one was the Georgetown losing to Villanova when Villanova was high as a kite as a team, um, and they shot like eighty five percent from the field. Uh, and then a favorite, like my full favorite, would probably be the year that the Terps imploded against Duke, when they went they lost like under twelve seconds, um, and Jay Williams just destroyed the Terps. Um, yep. That's a favorite because I just don't – I'm sorry, BJ, but I just don't like the Terps feeling like they were relevant and had a rivalry with Duke when they just weren't a rival. No, but, it, it – you look, I could talk about this all day. Maryland, even winning that national championship in 2002, building the program to the day where it is, it's still not on the level of a Duke in North Carolina. It's just not there. But for a year – Right, they had a good stretch. So, so the, the the working guys got to take that silver spoon out of Duke and North Carolina mouth and just beat the shit out of them with it, and and that's 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 what you know. What it, I I'll never tell somebody, oh, the Maryland the Tur- basketball program was on the same level as Duke. No, but but for the 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 that team, Baxter, Juan Dixon, Drew Nichols, Blake, Taj Holden, all those guys. They had to play at 125% to beat Duke. Duke could play 70% and beat them. So those, that's why those games were special. And that meltdown, yeah, that was another bad moment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that was one of them things where if you had a PlayStation controller in your hand, it'd be in pieces. <laughs> one of those, One of those deals. So, yeah, I agree with you on that one. Uh, as far as my best memory, of course, you know, Maryland winning in 2002. That was good because that was local. You know, I remember the party up in College Park. Coming right. from a Georgetown guy, I I was there. I was there. Me, but, me and Paul was there. We was there, baby. You we got to realize, I didn't, for a long time, I bounced around from teams. I never had a solid college basketball team after 93. I never had one. You know, so I bounced around. I hated, if I hated a team, whoever their biggest rival was, I was running with them for that year. 95, I was a UCLA fan because I, I love the O'Bannon brothers and Toby Bailey. 
I wore and ones because of Toby Bailey. You know, I bought his signature shoe because I love Toby Bailey that much. But 95 and and uh the Bruins winning. That was another good one. Um Mm. The Florida teams that went back to back, you probably wouldn't have picked them at the beginning of your tournament when you were Mm-mm. doing your bracket. You didn't pick them Mm-mm. either but year. The, the way they played, and I was like, okay, Billy. Everybody's like, Billy Donovan need to go to the NBA. I was like, no, he don't. Leave him where he at. <laughs> but he's doing pretty well. He's doing pretty well. So, uh, of course, my number one worst. Everybody knows it. I do this every year. April 5th, 1993. Wow. I was 11 years old, and it we were on spring break. i never forget it. We were on spring break. And I sat down, and I watched that Michigan-North Carolina game. And I was on the edge of the sofa when Chris Webber ran. When he dragged his foot, I was like, okay, they didn't call it. Go, 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 go. He drove the ball up court and he ran into the trap. He turned around. He called timeout. And I said, no, no, that's a fucking tech. And I'm 11 years old. I was like, all right, he can, go down America. he can hit one or two and we'll be fine. He hit both free throws. I said, they're not coming back. When the horn sounded, I dropped to my knees and I laid in the middle of the floor. Ain't no about to shed tears. I cried like a newborn baby. My mother was in the room sleep. My mother was in the room sleep because she had to go to work. My grandmother was asleep. My sister was asleep. My sister said, What's wrong? I said, Michigan laws. I said, Michigan laws. They they weren't supposed this is their year. My mother asked me, she said, Are you crying? I said, Yeah. She said, Well, go cry your ass in the bed. Don't I gotta get up. And I went to bed and I cried myself to sleep. That following weekend, my mother decides that she was going to North Carolina. She came back with a nice tan. She came back with a gift. She pulls out the bag, a North Carolina T-shirt, and gives it to me. Championship T-shirt. That's great parenting. My grandmother said, say thank you. I was like, I don't want it. My grandmother said, say th- I have never refused anything from my mother. I said, I don't want it. Mm. My grandmother said, take it and say thank you. It's a damn thank shame. You. I folded it up and I put it in the drawer. I didn't wear that shirt for maybe two years. Because every time I looked at it, it, it was pain. And it's not nothing against my mother, but I think, like my, I think my mother, have a counseling session. I think my mother is the reason why I'm the way that I am. You know, I, I blame her. I'm, 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 I'm a troll because of that. Cause I think she trolled me on that and it was expert because all it did was light the fire in me. But when it came down to the fab five, the black shoes, the black socks, the ball heads, everything, the baggy shorts, that was us. That was the culture right there. Because they were so much, so dramatically different from, and here she go. She talking about that was love. <laughs> I appreciate the love. Baby, that wasn't love. Was that was child abuse. <laughs> no, 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 that was love. She was, people on you. she was trying to give you something special and introduce you to a great team led by Donald Williams. And his 21 points. <laughs> I mean, good God. What more can you ask for a mother? Let me tell you something. She gave birth to you, and she gave you a 93 Carolina Championship t-shirt. What if more I do you search, If I search hard enough, I think I still got the t-shirt somewhere. I'm if I search hard enough. Sure you but I just, I, I couldn't mama abuse. Uh, no, no, no. Mama abuse is going to be when Dallas, if Dallas ever wins anything of significance and I bring you that championship t-shirt, that'll be mama abuse. I'm going to bring you one for each closet in the house. Just because well, I me, love let me, ask, let, let me ask you a question. Other other podcast, you broke us out the 63 MVP race. So in 93, you was talking about probably, what, 1890 Yankees? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, 93, I was still more along the lines of learning the intricacies of contracts and what free agency was and everything. You know, they weren't even using wooden bats then. <laughs> <laughs> you got to realize, man, I'm the youngest. I'm the youngest cousin. I'm the youngest son. So everybody was older than me. Everybody was older. So I had to learn all of that stuff that they knew 
in order to have these conversations because I, I you'd be lost in the conversation. He was probably now, breaking down Satchel Page's um pitching repertoire. Oh, they man. think he talking. He they think he talking about 1993. He talking about 1893. No, 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 1893. He's trying to break down Buck O'Neill. Buck O'Neill versus uh, what's my man Gordon? Um, what's the big matcher? Josh Josh Gibson. It's Buck O'Neill versus Josh Gibson. Who's the best hitter ever in the Negro Josh League? Gibson. It's not even a debate. Here we go. See, you already had this debate. Yeah, so, I did. He had his and, debate already. And when it comes down to Satchel Page, Satchel Page and his hesitation pitch was just like that. It was that, and wow, he could throw that thing at ninety miles an hour. That's what that, that's what the legend says. That hesitation pitch, they had to ban it because it was so good. Come on now, don't get quiet on me now. You you bring these oh, things up. I'm gonna mess with you some more. I'm trying to. <laughs> nah, I'm I'm looking at the highlights. I'm sorry, I'm looking at Texas route Kansas. I didn't. Ooh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't pretty last night. Now my mama said I can't bring that Dallas stuff in her house, but even though it wasn't my house, you bring me a North Carolina T-shirt thirty years ago, and I have never let that go. But here's the problem. I don't think I'll ever get a chance to get her back because I don't think in, in the next 140 years, I don't think Dallas will ever win anything of, of, of note. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I might win an NFC championship. I'm sorry. I mean, in a, NFC East championship. I'm sorry. Jeez. And, yes, my mama knows I have an old soul. I, I mean, but I'm a, I'm a historian of the game. I love breaking out the encyclopedia. I love yeah, you it. Got it. You got a red door soul. Duke has a ticket. You, you accept um runaway slaves. That's that's the kind of soul you got. <laughs> but I'm looking at all I'm looking at the schools that's punched the ticket, or Roberts, Gonzaga, Charleston, Southeast Missouri State. I wish I had paused it. And not to skip over Eric. 1984 Georgetown National Championship, 2002 Maryland Championship, and 2018 Villanova Championship. NC State na- National Championship. I guess that would be uh the Derek Wittenberg. Dunk yeah. in '83. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. And Valvano was looking for somebody to hug. And of course, yeah. he said 2018. Guy's a jerk. <laughs> 2018. <laughs> What's that? I love that shot. I love that shot. 2018. 2018. Was that it? Was that the one I watched at your house, B? Or was that? No, that was Michigan and Villanova. That wasn't 2018. Nah, nah, nah. 2018 nah, is, is, I think that's that should be Carolina and, and Villanova. Yeah, that's Carolina. Okay. That's why I said I love that shot. That shot yeah. in the game. That's why Eric Wood is a jerk. Fairy, fairy tale. <laughs> and then um, 1984, I mean, I'm sorry, 1983, uh, the Derek Wittenberg shot. Right. You know, half court and Lorenzo Charles dunk. A lot of people say that was golden. I think that was a clean shot. I've always thought that was a clean shot. Yeah, the ball was beside the basket. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was over top. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally agree with that. And then at that time, you didn't have anything to like replay or try to con- convince anybody otherwise. And that was good. And eighty-four Georgetown against Houston. Houston, I think Houston. Those eighties, those early eighties team, uh, five slammer jammer. I think they just ran up against juggernauts. What did they make? They made three they final three. fours yeah, and three championships and lost all three. But those, it, what I always wondered what was missing because they seemed like they had everything. You had one of the best big men in the country and you still couldn't win. You just, you just, you just said it. They ran into three of the best teams at that time. Um, exactly. And then, I mean, if you, even if you look at it like the, the UNLV team, they went one and one in the finals with, with that squad. They should have lost to Duke the second time. You know, you look at, um, Florida with their good run, UCLA with their good run. So the beauty of college basketball is once we got past like the 70s with the UCLA run, a lot of teams had their two to three year run because like KG was saying, you know, they were big on you you stay into your senior year, this being your legacy, this being what you made your thing about. You know, you think about the Louisville team with Purvis Ellison, um, there's a bunch of teams just that you can just go on and on and just recount, recount, you know, the Kentucky teams that led by John Wall, uh, the Memphis teams led by Derrick Rose, uh, Mario Chalmers and company in Kansas. 
like we just there's teams just just loaded with talent that just had their spot or their place at the table for their run. And speaking by you being a North Carolina guy, let me see if you agree with this because I don't. It's a lot of North Carolina people that don't agree with it. You know, you had one year where what could have bridged the gap where you would have had Rasheed Wallace, Jerry Stackhouse. Antoine James and Vince Carter, Ed Coder, all those guys on one team. I wanted to say that was that if they were all would have stayed till senior year, it would have been 95, 96. That all those guys would have been on the same team. We'd have destroyed UCLA. Exactly. Toby Bailey, Ed O'Bannon, Charles, they wouldn't want it. No. The only reason, the only reason that team would have lost is because they were too high on themselves. Like this North Carolina team this year, they fell in love with their press clippers. This team wasn't better than last year's team, the one that made it to the finals, mm-hmm. but they weren't a team. Always, one of the things I used to always tell people, like, when you're a team, think of yourself as a, a – what do you want to be? Like, you, you're five players on the court, and if you all play separately, you hit and your impact is a slap. But if you all come together and play as one, you're a fist, which one has more impact, a slap or a punch? A punch. That depends on how you wanna. That's how you wanna act. So, so I think this North Carolina team came out and slapped a lot of people, and they didn't punch anybody. And that's why we're sitting. They're sitting on the the bridge and hoping they're probably even a playing game at best to getting into this tournament. Well, let me let me throw this out there. Just a, another March Madness memory. And B, I'm sure I'm thinking you remember this. Um, this was 2000. I told part of the story the other night. When we were working at ESPN Zone, you remember they used to split the screening room down the middle for games? They, they was for the Final Four. So when the first game for the Final Four came on, they would split it down the middle, logo on one side, logo on the other. And the way that those games were, those some exciting games, sometimes you would get a hush. And the screening room was never quiet, but you would get a hush through the whole entire restaurant. And then all of a sudden, one side would erupt. I think that type of atmosphere made me fall in love with going out to watch sporting events. Where if I couldn't be at the sporting event, going somewhere with a bunch of like-minded people who wasn't about no trouble. They wanted to have a good time. They didn't give a damn if their team won or lost. But it was great if their team won. But they wanted to have a good time. And I think that type of atmosphere is what we're missing because – Nothing can replicate that. And I've been a lot of places and nothing can replicate that 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 atmosphere, that 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 feeling. And then when a championship game came and everybody just got together and, you know, you had guys betting drinks. At score halftime, halftime come. All right. You know, send them a drink. But it was to the point that. It was so. surreal it was un. It, it was just i wish we could go back to watching tournament games like that i we watched the uh nba playoffs in 2000 we watched that uh miami versus new york and you know how grueling those series were it came down to the last shot i had never heard an arena because the game was on every channel every tv the arena got quiet when it comes down to last second shots, and I'm talking when I say quiet, I'm talking about you can hear a rat piss on cotton. Everything. You can hear all three levels. People moving, knives, forks. You can hear mm-hmm. everything. I was there when the uh, Kings collapsed against the Lakers. I like the the damn building was shaking when um when uh, they Shaq dunked. Mm-hmm. It was shaking because. 90% of the people there were Lakers fans. So when the Kings went up and they were rolling, that place was quiet. Mm-hmm. Quiet. Nobody wanted to talk. And the Lakers start coming back, coming back, coming back. And then that Shaq dunk. You think about Portland and um Portland, I'm sorry. Yeah, Portland. You think about the Portland, Portland, Portland yeah. collapse. I'm sorry. That's 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 the that's the day the that's the day me and Kobe like we we squashed our beef and I was like, you the man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because that fourth quarter, 
he came out that fourth quarter and showed me he was the real deal. Um, and that that oop to Shaq, I think me and Shaq took a lap around um, after he did that pass. Um, shout out to Eric Will about that. You know, gotta love beating Portland. So, um, oh, Big Jim took a lap with you too. Oh, go ahead. If he's watching, he, he go ahead. Let me, you too. Let, let me explain something to you. BJ worked that night. I was home watching that that night. I came to work the next day. They had a email that was sent around to the whole entire company talking about how David Stern, I never forget it, David Stern hit the panic button because Portland is a small market team and could not have them in the finals against uh, another small market team because this is a rating exploit. So he hit the button, allowed the Lakers to come back so that he could put the Lakers on top. That's a whole other show. That's a whole other show. That's a whole other show there. I, a whole nother hey, show. Man, I'm telling you what I know. This is and you squashed your beef with Kobe for the next three, four years. I had a beef with Kobe because of that. So so then after that, I think with B, but BJ's on the right path because I'll never forget I was in Champs in Alexandria, Pentagon City, and it was the Lakers versus the Kings for game seven that year. I think the only reason the Lakers get there is because of the the big shot Bob um, jumper. Game six. Um, and then game seven, I'm in champs. I think it's me and like 10 other Laker fans. Nobody else is a Laker fan. Everybody else is rooting for the Kings. My buddies are rooting for the Kings because they know how much they got to hit my mouth if the Lakers win. And um, when Paige just shoots that air ball, I thought we was gonna have to fight our ways out our way out that building, man. But but we was talking cash trash because everybody was talking trash to us that whole night. Like the Lakers wasn't gonna do it, we weren't gonna do this, and yeah, man. That, that like that's the beauty of, of when you can watch sports in a thing. And I would recommend to anybody, you know, next week, that Thursday and Friday. Um, I think one week yeah, me and my boys from work, we went to the Crystal City Sports bar one's the strip club one's not the, strip. the the non-strip club version we were in there with the bunch of tvs and you got that um, the one uh down there by the 7-eleven we went down that one we no, went one to that one now yeah, if you want a good steak you go to that one you go in there get you a good steak uh baked potato excellent food in there excellent food but but yeah the one up the street because that's the year they broke out the um permanti brother sandwich where you put the fries on the sandwich and everything so I that's had right. that that year, and we watched the games. But that's a good environment because they got the the rows of the big screen TVs, and then the other TVs underneath. It. Um, mm, that's a very right. good spot to watch games um, on a day like next week. And shout out to Crystal City uh, Gentlemen's Club. I ate lunch there quite a time, quite a few times. You know, management's like, "Hey, let's go get a steak. Hey, let's go." We wound up in the Gentlemen's Club. Um, shout out to uh, my former client that was working there. You know, she was really, really cool. She got his discounts and everything. That was really, really great. Uh, don't know where you're going with this one. No, no, it was, it, it was good. It was, it was good food. I never knew they had that good of food. But even you think I'm lying, ass Doc Walker. Doc Walker was like the, the, the steaks. Tony and Dyke Doc, he said it on national radio. So I'm, I'm just saying. Okay. You know. I missed the legal seafood that was across the street. Right. That, that that's what good. I do miss. I think that's the Bolero now. I haven't been down there in so long. So we were down there yesterday. So that's how, long story short. So me and the kid yesterday going for lunch. I swear to goodness. I think I went through my whole Arlington rotation of food places. Uh, and we ended up at Owl Steak and Cheese. on, um, And that's where we ended up getting food from. But before that, it was... We, we thought about Ray's Hellburger. We thought about good good food eatery. And there was one other spot that um, we were supposed to go to. Oh, actually, no Crystal City. Palace? No and then Palace? we ended up at, um, say that again? I said no Kebab Palace? Nah, nah, nah. I'm not a big kebab guy. I, I, I see. We're going to have to have a field trip. We're going to have to but go. Then, I mean, because if that wasn't... if Ours wasn't available. The next joint was going to be Lost Dog Cafe. Mm. Down on Route 1. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. 
and got a couple menus from now and picked up from there plenty of times. That's parking uh, is hell, but the food is good. The food is great. But parking is hell. So you know, yeah, you that's when you know the food, that's when you know the food's gonna be fire when you can't find a parking spot. Or they yeah. the, the store is made for hundred people and they got six parking spots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And you yep. gotta walk two blocks back. I park in a uh, future resident. If you go, it's a little side street. You turn yep. down that side street, side you park street. in future resident. <laughs> 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 I'll be breaking the rules to go in there. No, uh, no, 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 no. I just worked in Virginia. No, no, please don't, no, don't ever associate me with the Commonwealth. No, 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 no. I just worked in Virginia. There, I mean, if you go in DC, Maryland boy. If you DC, you go Carl's, you go Maglionardo's. No, you uh, go Yellow House if you in DC. Yellow House. Mm. I had to get on that one. Mm. That's what we had lunch at yesterday. Me and the wife had lunch at Yellow House yesterday. Okay. Wings and wedges, man. Wings and wedges and an iced tea. And she got some shrimp. Beautiful. And then you we got, got a- we talking Maryland. Your boy um garlic sensations right there in um Marlowe Heights. He does some big things. He got a good food menu. Hmm. It's, it's a bunch of food. Man. We we can do a whole two hour show on food places. Just yeah. On food, yeah, yeah. I got I got I got a, I got a bunch. Cause see, me you don't get this it, body by eating healthy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, agreed. Now, when it comes to Maryland, though, you want good Maryland food? You got. I'm gonna show you. I can show you places. Then BJ, no, took him to go get ribs. We went past Super Maryland, so we went past Waldorf. We went okay. past La Plata. <laughs> we were almost at the King George Bridge. We passed Bud's Creek straight down. And it's a little brick shack. And it's called uh JB's. Every time he's open from April to October. And me and my wife go down there at least once a month. During the during the spring and the summer, just to get ribs. And we'll go down there. Funny story, and I, I leave it alone. This is hilarious. BJ, his wife, my wife, and myself. I had just got the grandma key fixed. So we was like, we going to eat. So we all drove down there and I went in that thing. And I was like, yo, let me get a family meal. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I got you. I'm going to get you this, this. B's like, oh, I'm going to get a uh, a barbecue sandwich to the food ready. <laughs> I said, no, 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 no. You're going to need a family meal, my brother. You're going to need a family meal. He didn't believe me until he had a bite. He's like, oh, yeah. He went back and got him and his wife a family meal. And my wife, I actually had a pork chop sandwich that my wife gave him my pork chop sandwich. Uh Uh-oh. She came out here, so she got to catch the rail. She gave B my pork chop sandwich. You're not going to let it go. You're not going to let it go. (laughs) But the simple fact that I never seen my pork chop sandwich again. I didn't talk to BJ for a couple of hours because he was in the coma. He's like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I did have pork chops. And I, I guess it was good because I ain't seen <laughs> I mean, Merlin's, Merlin's got, what, you got Jimmy's, you got um, GNM if you're looking for crab cakes, you got Blue Waters if you're in mm. Clinton. Um, barbecue in Riverdale? Why? I ain't never heard of it. Where is that? I, yeah, where is that? Please. And you talk well, yeah, hold on. Yeah, you know yeah. So so see, hold, see. hold This this is quality content right here. Too bad he won't do a show like I keep telling him, but that's a good suggestion right there. Okay. See, this is what we're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to take one weekend. I might have to go there today. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to take one weekend and, and we're gonna have to everybody we, we're gonna have to meet up, we're gonna have to pick everybody up. I don't give a damn. But we're gonna have to go to 250 barbecue. Then the next weekend, I'm gonna have to get y'all in the car. We're gonna have to go down to Newburgh. And I'm going to take you out of JB's and then we'll compare. And then it's another joint before you get there. It's um Texas Barbecue at Twin Kiss. And they make their own barbecue sauce, their own root beer, and their own ice cream. Hold on. So there's another Texas Barbecue right there in Clinton. They just priced, to me, they just priced themselves out of the thing. Because I used to go, I've been going to them for like 20 years. Um, That was my me and my dad's spot. Um, I found them just on a humble driving around and my boss was like you gotta get us a food place for this meeting um on tuesday and i was like all right so i went there started talking to the manager and after that i, I know they had obama in there they had bush in there 
Um, it's right by the army base. So you always see, I mean, not the army base, but whatever that base is, um, at Andrews, you always see people in there. Um, so that used to be one of my spots as well. Hmm. I tell you, I tell you where not to go. Speaking of Obama and people that have been in the place, I don't know what it's called, but it's on eighth street. Cause the 90 bus goes through there and I, I'm gonna find the name of it and, and don't go there. It's a barbecue spot. It's right at, matter of fact, it's, it's Caddy Corner from the 7-Eleven. If you're going out 8th Street with a 90, you know, the 90 bus go up and down. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm trying to make a barbecue on the corner. spot over there. I think, I, think, I think the 7-Eleven is across the street from there. It has a pig on the sign. And you go in there, they got pictures of all the famous people that went in there. And it is. It tastes like hot table. <laughs> hot top table. That's what it tastes if you, like. If you're in that area, the spot to go is Tuna Cliff. Tuna Cliff. Now nah, I know I know that wasn't the name of. It. I'm trying to see if I can find it. Hold on. Now nah, Tuna Cliff is in the cut. It's off of um, you gotta go on the pin and make a right on. I think it's like sixth or seventh. Um, that's another spot. They got burgers. You get a burger with chili on it. Oh my gosh. Mm. Now ah, see, Ben's boy, Chili Bowl. Ben's Chili Bowl used to be the spot. I never forget the first time I went there, and the boss BJ took me there, and he says, uh. Just try this. So I got a half smoked chili cheese and we got chili and cheese fries. We went out to the car and we sat on the trunk of the car and ate and just watched everybody walk by. And we were supposed to be out all night that night. We were supposed to hit DC. Then we were going to go to Baltimore. Then we were going to do this. Man, we ate. Man, and it was done. We was like, yeah, let's go ahead and go home. It's like, that's it. It yeah. was good. But every subsequent time of going there, it hasn't been the same. Nah. Nah. And so I used to go. So that's funny because I used to go there every so at one point it was like 06, 07. I can't remember. But my boy was working at Verizon at the time. No, nah, it's probably 04, 05, because it was before Josh was born. Um, and his buddies at his job at Verizon, they used to do a happy hour at Mirrors. So I go to Mirrors, do a happy hour, and like eight or nine o'clock after I done had my fill of, of um libations. I'd go down to um, Ben's. I grab a chili cheeseburger sub and um, come back to the house. And yeah, I'd probably finish the sub. And most of the time, I woke up to my six o'clock alarm on the couch. Now I gotta go get the kid to pick him up from Baltimore. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I yeah. And I know what the Eric says two fifty sells their food by the pound. Yesterday they had a pastrami. Beef dino rib. Ooh, that just sounds good. Maybe I'm just hungry. All right, look. We need to coordinate turn, this. Yeah, we're going to turn this into a food podcast. Yeah, we, we need to coordinate this and make sure we get together as a whole and have a field trip and just go out and eat. All that right, might have to be a once a month thing. Like, we might have to do something once a month. We, we just say, you know what? This weekend, let's go ahead and go out and eat. Okay. You know, just sample different foods. And then, hell, we might even turn into food critics as well as sports critics. I mean, God, though, we might do it all here. All it right, might be something cool. else. But now, but Eric I, got me want to go him, over here. I give him credit. He he does know his food spot. So he might have bad taste in basketball teams like the Portland Trailblazers. But he, he's okay. And he say y'all in. That's, that's all I wanted to hear. That's all I wanted to hear. Look. We're going to coordinate this. We're going to get together. We're going to go eat and have some fun. That's all it is to it. Because I got a few places that are far out, and I got a few places that are close by. Now, you want a great steak and cheese, I'm always going to say Jiffy's on Allentown Road. Ain't nothing better. Ain't nothing better. So, that that's that. And Jiffy's at, 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 at 2 a.m. After you... uh. After you um you've you been balling at Andrews, it's great. Oh, 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 and I forgot about that. My mama still says she wanted to make everybody breakfast too. Oh, I'm down. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Now, now, now. now we need to get we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about food for the next five hours. <laughs> now I'm gonna say this and then we got we're gonna go. The woman when she makes breakfast, and I, I get my wife gives me a, a hard time about that. I said, baby, we got to have pre-breakfast. She's talking about what is pre-breakfast. That's when the breakfast is being made and you get your little bowl of cereal. That's your pre-breakfast. Then you had a big breakfast. And the big breakfast is smoked sausage, 
scrapple, patty sauces, link sauces, fried potatoes, fried apples, cheese eggs, grits, biscuits. Because everybody likes something different, but you got just a plethora of everything. You got a little bacon in there, maybe a little country I'm bacon. About it. See, and that's what you do. That's a full-fledged map after man, that. <laughs> man, you get in there, you sit there, you eat. And he'd be like, yeah, I ain't. But you got to make sure you don't have nothing to do that day because you're not getting anything oh, done. I'm, I'm now, you're, not getting back up, you're not getting back but, up. You're not getting yeah. back up to 3, 4 o'clock. But then you don't forget the French toast because she's going to make French toast. But everybody, like she used to make different things because everybody likes something different. <sighs> and it was such a big, like I got a picture in my phone and I send it to y'all when we get off. Like that was just, that was a small sample of a small breakfast one morning. Oh, she say, remember Hershey Park? She did all of that on an electric skillet in Hershey Park in a hotel room. And it was just me, her, my two sons, and my niece. It was just five of us. She made this big old breakfast. Like We was like, yeah, we're going to go out to the park. We ate that breakfast, man. We ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I spent at least three days like that. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not lying. I'm, I'm not lying. And see, Eric Wheeler say cooking. Yeah, yes, yes. That big old country breakfast, man. That's breakfast. And nah, I never forget. So it's kind of a sad story, but it's a funny story at the same time. Um, well, there's no way you can make it a, a better story. But I never forget. We were. Um, my mom passed away, and that morning, um, Eric's sister Denise comes up to the house to cook breakfast. So she's cooking potatoes. And like we had to stop her. I had to stop her. I was like, yo, you know, I know you willers, you like your hot your food hot and spicy, but you know, we can't tease, we ain't got all that built up in us. So you gotta lay easy on the black pepper. You know what I'm saying? I don't want everybody running out of here drinking water and milk. So, but yeah, yo, yeah. His pops could cook. His pops cooked every big meal, every important meal um at our church. Um, him and um, Q, they were the chefs of of, of the building for show, sure. for show. Sure. Yes, <laughs> biscuits from scratch. <laughs> I love it. And then moms chimes in. That's what country people do. We love to cook. Yeah. So when that, when all that, see, we got a, we got a lot of stuff to get done in twenty twenty three. We got a list. We need to put out the list. We need to make sure we got everything. So we got the dates and everything. And get this food together. So tomorrow, are we doing a basketball thing? Um, yes, we doing the first half of the bracket and the second yes. half on Tuesday. We'll we'll get the we'll bracket selection Sunday. We'll get our brackets and we'll fill out our brackets live on air tomorrow. Uh, then Tuesday we'll do the the uh, second half. The worst bracket of mine. That's my worst bracket. My Monday Tuesday bracket is always my worst bracket. This is all reaction. Yeah, but the first game is on uh Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. No, I yeah. get it. I get it. So that, that first game is on Wednesday. Down. I gotta plot out the best backcourts and then go from there. Because backcourts win championships. Well, I agree. Cause I, I mean, yeah. I mean, Michael Red and Scooney Penn, they got pretty far. Mm-hmm. So and I, who did they who else did they have on that team? Right, exactly. Mm. So, gentlemen, it's been real. Uh, this has been. This is this is showing you. One hour. Yeah, hey man, you on mute, B? You on mute? I I said we've been talking about food for the last fifteen minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that, that did it. You know, it, it's it's a transition, man. It's that transition oh, every time. Man. So. Yeah. Uh, catch us tomorrow. We're gonna do the first half of this bracket. Enjoy Selection Sunday. Hopefully, your team bubble does not get burst, and you have enough RPI to make the big dance and punch your ticket. But always remember, there's always the NIT, which used to be the big dog. Because mm-hmm. if you won the NIT, you were a national champion once upon a time. So, so, so does Georgetown make? It's not the NIT. What's the third one? I didn't even it's know. Yeah, there's home. a third tournament. It's not home. There's actually a third tournament they have for like, it's like a participation trophy. So maybe Georgetown can get in that. Absolutely. And go where? 
you you had to have you might you've had to fire your coach to get into this tournament (laughs) right exactly (laughs) they were talking about it on espn yesterday morning i was sick to my stomach but anyhow fellas you know the motto we don't do no overtime baby thank you everybody that commented that joined uh we might have to come back on Monday or Tuesday and talk some food too, because I'm hungry now. I'm going to get something. To eat. <laughs> but uh, we don't do no overtime, y'all. We are out of here.